Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Good morning and happy February. Here we are, February 1st, everybody. Good to see you, John. <laughs> good to see you and good to be with everybody we can't see. <laughs> we, uh, we're hoping uh, our friends Nelson and Joyce Johnson are making their way to the computer here. And uh, oh, we, we, Yeah, we've got an exciting conversation today. I'm looking forward to this. Looking forward to it. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, you're especially welcome. If you join us all the time, you're very welcome. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, every month we sort of think about one of the marks of Christian discipleship, uh, often the 12, there's 12 marks of new monasticism that we identified, really just 12 marks of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And this month, we're talking about reconciliation and racial justice. Uh, it's also Black History Month. We, we sort of celebrate every month as Black History Month, but it is interesting, John, you know, as I was looking over this month, I'll do our little month at a glance here. Uh, there are a lot of really significant dates um, uh, for in, in the month of February. We've got uh, Rosa Parks' birthday is the 4th, so we remember her. We remember um, the the first sit-ins, February 1st through the, the uh, 5th, and those were happening in Greensboro, North Carolina, so that's why it's a gift to have uh, uh, the Johnsons with us. So the Woolworths lunch counter uh, protests on February 5th. We remember that. Uh, we remember uh, other wonderful stuff that happens this month. Um, the founding of the NAACP uh, was established on February 12th, 1909. So we remember that. We remember Nelson Mandela being released uh, on February 10th. We got Frederick Douglass on the on the 20th. We remember him. Malcolm X's assassination was on February 21st. So, I mean, you can see that uh, there's a lot happening this month when it comes to uh, black history. But there's also some other, you know, really beautiful days that we remember Valentine, St. Valentine, not just the chocolates, but we remember the the saint behind the holiday. Uh, and we we remember the bombing of Pearl Harbor um, the Hebron massacre in the Ibrahimic mosque, uh, 29 people lost their lives. Um, and so we remember the Dolls Act, which really was uh, a milestone in the continued um, oppressive uh, oppression of Native folks here. Uh, so it's a powerful month to be praying together, y'all. Uh, the few other things I, I see, uh, our sister Nelson John, uh, uh, Joyce Johnson's uh, joining us there. We'll introduce you in just a second, uh, sister. And um, the other things happening this month, we got our uh, we're doing book club and um, Lisa Sharon Harper and I'll be talking about rethinking life, which comes out this week. So that, that's what we're talking about this month. But next month, Jonathan's going to be hosting book club for Red Letter Christians. And tell us about the book next month in, in March, bro. 
Well, this is a fascinating book. Uh, Lerone Martin, who is the new director of the Martin Luther King Jr. Institute at Stanford University, has published uh, a book called The Gospel According to J. Edgar Hoover. Hmm. And it's a deep analysis of the uh, way that uh, Hoover's FBI and uh, white Christian nationalism were interwoven and shaped public life in the United States. Um, an important analysis, not only for history, but for the moment that we're in. So you can get your copy now. It's available from Princeton University Press. And we'll um, be with uh, Dr. Martin on March 21st, I believe. Uh, but we'll get the information out about that. Go ahead and get, get to reading. Make your notes. We're going to have an important conversation. Yeah, it's going to be great. So we're going to be doing book club every month uh, and we'll be doing morning prayer every month with special guests, just like this morning. So there's a lot going on. We'll have our faith forums scattered. We're right now organizing one on the Enneagram. So if you don't know what that is, uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. Um, and we got all kinds of other little events happening through the year. If you're not already on our list to get our morning wake-ups and catch-ups and uh, sign up for all that. But hey, y'all, we're here this morning to pray together, uh, and we're going to be using common prayer. Jonathan, won't you introduce uh, jo uh, Sister Joyce, and, and uh, yes, it's sister. so good to see you. Welcome. Good to see you as well. Thank you. Thank you. This, if, if it's your first time with us at morning prayer, we gather on the first morning of the month to pray together and we always have a guest to have conversation in the midst of prayer and uh, today it's a real delight to have Joyce Hobson Johnson uh, from Greensboro North Carolina a uh, dear sister who has been a leader in building beloved community for um, over 50 years now in Greensboro I believe and yeah. um, uh, is doing incredibly important work today in this state, in North Carolina, to um, uh, build a conversation for a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So uh, we want to talk about that a little later on, too. But thank, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to get to praying, and then we'll get into talking. Is that all right? That sounds mighty good. And hopefully my husband, Reverend Nelson Johnson, will share, um, join us in just a few minutes. If not, we'll know he's busy celebrating February 1 here in Greensboro. An important day in Greensboro. Yes, indeed. Amen. Well, let's pray together. Today, we're remembering Bridget of Ireland. Bridget is believed to have been the daughter of a pagan Scottish king and a Christian Pictish slave. Even as a child, she was known to have a generous spirit and a compassionate, tender heart was drawn to help the poor, the hungry, and the cold. Eventually, Bridget's father decided she must be married or taken into someone else's household because he could no longer afford to keep her, especially in light of her excessive giving to the poor, which he feared would be the ruin of him. Mm. Bridget refused marriage and became a nun with seven other women. At Kildare, she founded a double monastery for monks and nuns, assisted by a bishop. The perpetual fire at the monastery became a symbol of its hospitality and constant undying devotion to God and to the poor. Mm. Oh, Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. 
O Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Glory Father, to the Father and to, to the, the Son, Son and to the Holy, to the Holy Spirit. Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, is now and will be, and will be forever. Amen. Come, Amen. let us bow down and bend the knee. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not be moved just like a tree. Water. We shall not be We are happy to be your children, O Lord. Make us happier still to extend the table. And this is from Psalm 1. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on God's law day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. We are happy to be your children, O God. Make us happier still to extend the table. Our gospel reading this morning comes from John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Mm. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Mm. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Hmm. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Well, then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Hmm. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, hmm. and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked. You call me teacher and Lord. And rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The word of God for us, God's people. Thanks be to God. Amen. We're happy to be your children, O Lord, and make us happier still to extend the table. This is our quote from Bridget of Ireland. She said, 
I would like the angels of heaven to be among us. I would like an abundance of peace. I would like full vessels of charity. I would like rich treasures of mercy. I would like cheerfulness to preside over all. I would like Jesus to be present. Amen. All right. This is when we pause to have some great time with people we, we love and admire so much. So we're, we're glad to have uh, Joyce Johnson with us this morning. And we might have uh, Nelson with us, but we're just so glad to see you. I wish everyone could know and spend some time with Joyce Johnson. <laughs> maybe maybe we can begin by just uh, asking you to share a little bit of your story. How did you get on this journey with Jesus? And mm. what have been some of the uh, steps along the way? Mm. Well, um, first of all, just pleased to be with both of you. And hope that Nelson will join us, but this often happens. Um, we are blessed that uh, God has called both of us. We play different roles, yet our roles complement one another. So we just um, serve as we are asked to, directed to, called to. But my journey, um, as far as I know, is that we often say here in the South, far as I know, <laughs> it began really with my birth, perhaps before my birth. Um, I was born into, by the way, I'm turned 76 this past December 7th, um, not on Pearl Harbor Day a few years later, but December 7th. And I was born into um, um, impoverished um, black family in Richmond, Virginia on the South side, um, just a few blocks from First Baptist Church, which is where I was nurtured in the gospel. Um, and uh, my family was a typical low-income family, um, worked hard, got paid very little, um, very prideful, or maybe I shouldn't say prideful, but filled with a sense of being children of God and therefore would be led to do what we need to do based mm -hmm. on that movement of the spirit. Um, my grandmother often said, um, if the Lord said so. You know, um, but the Lord says so and spares me and nothing happens. I mean, those are the kind of things I heard growing up. Mm -hmm. So I do Sunday school and church and Girl Scouts and all of that type of thing. And um, my church always spoke about the importance of bringing God's word to the community. Even mm -hmm. back then, my pastor, Reverend W.L. Ransom, um, was brave enough to even run for city council in segregated Richmond, Virginia, thinking that wow. all of God's people should be represented. So there's just a lot of stories. It spoke of the, the children of um, Israel and how God led them. So I came away as a teenager with the sense that my Christian beliefs, my practices were not divorced from my being. And um, at 17, went off to... Um, Duke University in Durham when they'd only had one year before then when African-American students had been there. So went through all of that um, uh, with pushing for justice, even in that setting, and not just for myself, but for the poor African-American maids and janitors, yard workers, hospital workers to have justice. So again, my life has always been well, do I remember right? Do I remember right that you were registering voters in 
Eastern North Carolina as an undergraduate okay. at Duke. Yes, Bertie. Your sister Ella Baker. That's, you know, I did not know Ella personally. Um, it was a few years after that, but knew all of the folks that she'd helped train, like Lewis Brandon, Cleve Sellers, other people like that. Uh, my husband, Nelson, actually is a distant cousin of Ella Baker. He grew up in Littleton, really on the farm area of Littleton, North yeah. Carolina. So there's a lot of things when you look back, you realize that God has always been directing your path. Mm. It's a matter of whether you are able to hear the call, mm. then um, rise to that call and allow God to continue to walk and work with you and to spread that truth among other people so yeah there's just a lot of connections there john i'm trying to remember which of you i met first i think i met shane first but i'm not sure um but just the fact that the two of you are together and then here we are we're doing it we're doing it yeah i can remember y'all coming to philly and uh yeah all the you know so many of the things that you're you're so passionate about uh you know not not keeping theology uh in the seminary, but getting it in the streets and turning right. it into action. That's how we first kind of met. And uh, yeah. So, so anyways, uh, it's my life's work. My, my life's honor certainly been challenges along the way, but you know, that's what gives birth to new wonderful things. Um, so yeah. it's just us having that faith and reaching out and grabbing that hand that's guiding us and then reaching out in a big circle to include more people. So, we're still doing that now with this truth, justice, and healing and reconciliation initiative here in North Carolina. Well, tell folks about your history with the with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission process, because uh, y'all have been at this for some time and, and have done that work in Greensboro and are now talking around the state. So, yeah, let, let people know a little bit of that story. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, we, some of you um, who are listening in might be uh, conscious of what happened in our city in Greensboro in 1979, where an organized grouping of American Nazis and clans, Ku Klux Klan persons came into our city in broad daylight and to make the story short, killed five people. They weren't just folk randomly on the street. There were people who were organizers, organizers in the um, then textile mills, in the um, chicken factories, in the lower paying jobs in, in our state. Mm -hmm. And this was in the middle of a, an African-American housing project where we were preparing for a march and rally. And that, that gathering brought together black and white people, some Latinos at that time, struggling around justice in the workplace, but also in the school system, which we see continue to grow today. So much has happened since that time that a lot of people, the story has fallen off of their consciousness. But when things like Charlottesville rise up, mm. we think of it again. When things like um, South Carolina and Bethel AME Church, we know we mm. think about it again. But here in Greensboro, we've never forgotten. And we've been part of that justice-seeking piece of our history so as to reveal the truth to folks about really what was behind that. People tend to talk very negatively about the Klan and Nazis. There's a lot of reason to do that, mm -hmm. but they too are God's people. And part of what we want to show is that the systems of oppression that are benefited by, well, they think benefited, uh, that they benefit from it by very few people in our country, then those lies, those misstatements, those uh, myths 
or pour it out on other people and God's people find themselves clashing one against mm-hmm. one, each other when God's provide enough for each and every one of us. And folk just don't believe that, y'all. They don't believe that. So they think that mm. uh, Latinos coming across the border are taking things from them. People who are LGBTQ, um, AI plus are the problem for their poverty. All of these misstatements of what's in the hearts and minds of too many by folks. So those of us who know Christ, who know the truth, are really called to reveal the truth of how we really can build beloved community, one with another. Be ourselves. We don't have to be just alike because we're made differently. Look at the three of us. We look different. Um, We didn't make ourselves, but we live into what God ordained for us. So we had a truth and reconciliation process in Greensboro because the courts just did not uphold the truth. Twice, all white juries were found completely not guilty. We then brought a third um, civil federal suit, got a little bit of justice. And, but even that, people just didn't know the truth. So we looked across the waters to the home place. And there we looked at what the Archbishop Tutu and others were doing, friends in Peru were doing. And we said, we'll have a truth process in Greensboro. It was difficult, had no money, no support, um, everybody was saying, this is just them trying to stay in the news and what have you. But some wonderful things have come out there where everyday people mm. were able to put this together with no support from the city of the state and back opposition. Have public hearings where over 500 people would come and hear what really had happened on that day and what are the backgrounds to that history. And we've been slowly pushing that process since that time. And finally, really is interesting after about 40 years, our city then came up to the plate and said, we're sorry, we apologize. Our police police played a big role in planning this along with Klan and Nazis. Hmm. We're sorry, decisions that our city officials made made it more difficult on those who are actually being um, hounded and oppressed. We're Hmm. sorry that we, um, we misspoke about the truth and that has had impacts on not just those of you who were killed, those families, but also on African-Americans, in particular women, others over the years. And we want to walk together. We want to, um, well, they didn't use that term. We use that term, but they then developed some scholarships where young people now every year can will write essays or produce plays or whatever to speak about their hopes and dreams for this city. So, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, it's long, but the truth does set you free. I know y'all know that, but I tell you, my life mm. speaks of that. It's difficult, but it does set you and not just you, but others free. So we're now doing this, uh, Jonathan, and we thank you for being a part of this, trying to do the same thing in our state of North Carolina, hoping that what we do here in North Carolina just like the A&T four that who are being lifted up today over at A&T, that it will inspire, encourage other people around this state and around this country that we can really look at the bitter truth. We learned that from one of our friends um, in South Africa, Alex, um, to Reverend Dr. Alex Borain, that the truth can be very bitter. Mm. We're spit it out. This is Nelson. Let me just speak to him. Yeah. You know, hey, and, uh, Nelson, um, 
Jane. And um, all right, bye bye. So um, he says on his way. So I don't know how long the show goes. Probably about <laughs> we're five we're, minutes, but don't worry about it. <laughs> we're so glad to have you, and we know it's a busy day. And y'all, in yeah. case you don't know, you know the, the this is not only the you know the beginning of Black History Month, but it's also remembering. Uh, the sit-ins in 1960 that built built momentum. And we have it. We recognize it in our prayer book on the fifth because it it started just just a few students, but then it kept building, just like all movements, yeah. right? And then you had hundreds of students, and now, you know that those sit-ins are a, a historic uh, event, you know, for our country. I was down in Atlanta uh, earlier, that, just a few weeks ago, um, Joyce, and and there, there's. You may have seen that there's a simulation where you can sit at the lunch counter and you put headphones on, and the things that you hear are what people actually were saying. They they took yeah. it, and oh, I mean, it it just I got chill, but you know, it just gives mm-hmm. you that. Um, but you know that in in some ways we we we've come a long way, but we still got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I wonder, you know, as you're as you're down there remembering the the four students and the the sit-ins and and also the work on the truth and reconciliation the greensboro massacre like what are some things that you feel like uh uh the spirit of god is saying right now at this this current moment you know to our country i think that um god's spirit is speaking what he um she how you view god god's a spirit it is beyond our human forms and our little measly minds uh, ability to fully conceptualize. We we do appreciate God's love and God's power. However, we name God. Of course, as Christians, we have particular ways we do that. But I believe God's spirit is still whispering to us the things that have been said over the, the years. Mm. I love you. You were made in my image you are brothers and sisters of one blood Hmm. through me and magnified through my son all things are possible you know one of my favorite songs songs i can do all things through christ that strengthens me philippians 4 13 um and god's still saying i'm sufficient You know, I can heal, I can provide, all of that. But just as he spoke to John and many others, you've got to believe and trust in me and follow me. Follow my word that's been passed on over the years, a little revised here and there, but, you know, really the word stands true and strong. I, I love your characterizing yourselves as red-letter Christians. You know, you know who you're, you're following. And I think that God is still telling us the way, the same way um, Dr. Martin Luther King um, espoused. And um, we were privileged to be younger people under him. I got to personally meet him twice um, in my travels through this struggle that we must and we can believe build this beloved community Hmm. where the dignity, the worth, the equality um, the enormous potential of everyone can be realized. And when we do that, even along the way, we don't, we don't have to fully achieve it. You know, we're still in the human forms. But along the way, we can learn the way and teach it to others. And then this whole 
promise of being co-creators with God. We've done so much as humans and we've been spoiled kind of in this country. Um, though COVID and other things have kind of brought some realities out mm-hmm. that we can build so build the world in such a beautiful way that those who are disabled, as we say, can then still contribute to this world. Mm-hmm. Those who um, may not have the same, what we see as intellect, but everybody is gifted. And when all those pieces of that puzzle, the human puzzle are put together, wow, what a time, what a time, <laughs> what a time. You know, we say, well, we all get to heaven, but we can build heaven on earth as it is in heaven when we learn how to embrace one another. But we see all this turmoil and division and what have you. It's always been there, but it's at mm. a point now that it is bubbling over. But mm. we who believe in freedom cannot rest. And we reaching out with the truth about the source of this oppression, the, you know, this great division along economic lines and color lines, all these ridiculous things. God made us the way we are, except that. Mm that when we reach across those lines, we really can see more heaven on earth. Mm. And that's what sustains me. I mean, for some people, I guess it's stupid, but, but folks said, what is it? Foolishness to the Greeks and all this stuff, you know. But um, since a child, I have believed that. Um, and I still push. And I think more people are yearning for it. But, so during these periods of great turmoil and what have you. It's frightening on the one hand, but then we stand on that promise we were given. Mm. And we also know in an analytical way that these periods of instability and uncertainty also appears when that spirit Mm. can jump through in a way because we are seeking and Mm. unclear in some of those human constructs we believed in so long that men are better than women whites are better than blacks. I mean, all these things, you know, we come up with. Uh, people in the North are smarter than people in the South. The rural area knows. I mean, it's, it's just think about all the things you learned growing up. Huh. When, then we can dismantle some of those falsehoods and really reach out for some better understanding. God's right there with the answer. God is the this answer. Is, this is wisdom right here. I'm so glad to be talking to you. I hadn't thought about this before, but on the first day of Black History Month, because I think what you're talking about and what you're living is an example of remembering well. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all these ways we try to remember history. We do, you know, projects in school. We put up monuments. We have museums. Anytime I come to Greensboro, you know, I'm glad there's an international civil rights museum in Greensboro. You know, like Shane was saying, the lunch pieces of the lunch counters there. You can go sit at it. Like all that stuff is good. It's helpful to have, you know, objects to remember. But anytime I go to Greensboro, I think just down the street there, the beloved community center is remembering the movement by continuing to practice it, continue to invite people around the table, continue to address the real issues that have always been part of the movement. That's such an important part of what it means to remember a living tradition. Yes, yes. And so things like making a way out of no way, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, when one door closes, God will open up a window. I mean, just all those things that 
our parents and grandparents, particularly African-Americans, but I don't think it was just us, uh, have whispered to us, come alive. And we still share those with one another, um, share those particularly with the generations um, behind us that we're still blessed to be in contact with. Uh, we think that's our call now. We've, we've been allowed to continue life um, so as to be just what you described, <laughs> uh, uh, Jonathan, sort of a living monument. And so mm. in addition to Nelson and myself, um, you probably have met Lewis Brandon, who's a few years older than we. Well, we're both about, there's Lewis, um, then Nelson, then myself, each of us about four years apart. And um, Lewis was actually not one of the A&T four, but that went that second day, continued to stay in Greensboro and continued to work. So he just has all kinds of stories and pictures mm. and whatever. So it's really a living monument. And our kids need that. We need that to yeah. see that way over which we've come, you know, yeah. water with the tears of our parents and, you know, and staying with the blood of our brothers and sisters. Mm. But still we can see that light and emanate some of the light, I think, um, just by still believing. And that's something that um, we as Christians cannot give up our beliefs. Mm. We need to give up some of our practices and bad habits and things like that, for sure. But if we really believe God forgives, we've got to learn how to forgive, too. But forgiveness based, again, on truth and changing behaviors or what have you, not just some milk toast kind of thing. Mm. Um, I know that um, we're now blessed to be grandparents. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I recommend it for all those that God bless. <laughs> uh, and we owe them. You know, our, our parents and grandparents, our foremothers and forefathers, our uncles and aunties paved ways for us. So it's a way to, as some people say, pay our rent on this earth. You know, people mm. worried about making it to heaven, but the best way to, you know, make it to heaven is build heaven on earth. That's that's really, really my view. I, I'll have to say I'm encouraged by all the energy that's out there, you know, uh, in this, yeah. you know, this this youthfulness of the movement, uh, the, the kind of holy outrage that's in the streets right now because of, you know, the, the most recent uh, manifestation of this violence with uh, Tyree Nichols death and um, on the environment, on so many different things like uh, the young people are amped and ready i was uh, uh my wife katie has been teaching in the school uh she's she's working in the school next to us and uh miss joyce it was named sheridan elementary school uh -huh. Sh sheridan his most famous line was the only good indian is a dead indian and they uh -huh. just they just renamed the school uh Casares after a young woman that uh was the first head of the LGBT uh, rights uh, and advocacy in Philadelphia and also went to the school here, Latino woman. And uh, so, I mean, change is happening and maybe not yeah. as fast as we want it to, but there's movement out there. And uh, it's folks like you who have uh, showed us that we can believe, you know, despite the evidence that we see and keep, keep moving the world towards mm -hmm. that beloved, beloved community. We know that God wants. Yes, yes, yeah. Thanks for sharing that example, because I believe strongly that um, 
y'all have probably heard um, Jesse Jackson say, keep hope alive and, you know, mm. folk yell it and what have you sounds good, but it's real. Mm. If folks don't have a sense of hope and mm. where does the hope come from? It can't come from some of the immediate evidence around you. Mm. It really comes from the remembering, mm. the memories mm. of the hardships on the one hand, but the fact that we have come through you know, from the children of Israel on, you know, and then we've been planted um, here to continue to do that, that building, to continue doing it, co-creating. Nelson's coming in now. So that's part of what we, we strive to do with the truth process. It's not just a historical exploration, but a historical truth-based exploration. So as to see the, as uh, our mutual friend, uh, Bishop Barber says, the roots, the roots, <laughs> of a thing are really um, explored so we can understand it and not go some of those negative ways again, mm, you know, mm. not a straight line, but also to continue having the hope that we can um, build up the way God would have us build up. And if mm. you don't have that hope, and a lot of our younger people don't have it, they're, they're not connected. And so it's on us to try to connect. And we really do a lot of that at Beloved. And um, to let them know that our hope is reinvigorated, like you said, Shane, with all this energy being released out there by them, that they can do even greater things than we. That's what Christ told us. Mm-hmm. Things that shall ye do. It's like, whoa, are you serious? Yep, we are. So I have that confidence our young people can and they must do and they will do. Mm. Yes, Lord. So, Reverend hey, Nelson, we've just heard the sermon. We're hoping you can lift the benediction. <laughs> Good to God, see you. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just got tied up. Um, this thing at A&T turned out to be the best one I've ever been to, George. Oh, this is the oh. first one I missed. I really had started this program when I was on the faculty there to make sure that the young people would remember. Well, they didn't have a, a speaker in the sense of uh, some big name. Uh-huh. They got four past student government mm-hmm. presidents mm-hmm. and reflected on the movement building work. Uh-huh. And they got drawn into it because Pam from Atlanta uh, called me out and then I ended up on the stage. Uh-huh. Even <laughs> old president. Uh, Watch it. We're in a public setting. Uh, our good president. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said he remembered when we took uh, those 16 buses down to Raleigh yes. to stand for uh, Black colleges. Black schools, yes. yeah, I was shocked when he came over and mentioned that to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let me, let me stop talking and try to feel my way into wherever we are. Uh, and, uh, well, this uh, is just a gift. I think it's wonderful that, I mean, this is what we're about is prayer and action. So you're out there doing it and we're celebrating with y'all. I mean, it just feels right to do our morning prayer at the beginning of this month with the two of you. And, and also uh, even, uh, you know, as you got the wonderful, holy distractions of, of the work still happening. So it's great to be together, Reverend Nelson. Thank you. Well, it's good to see you, Shay. I saw you on uh, a call about a week ago. Yeah. Not 
the uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, the Martin Luther King Center back there. So where are we? One of our themes this morning has been, and uh, Joyce has already addressed it very well, but I, I think it's one that comes up a lot these days, just keeping hope alive mm. and what um, what has made it possible to sustain the work of building beloved community for you. I wonder if you'd if you'd uh, bless us with a reflection on that. Mm. Well, so many so many folks know that some things need to change, but it's hard to believe that things can change when they look and see who's in power and how much they fight to hold on to power. Mm. So you, you've addressed well, that your whole life long. <laughs> well, two quick points. Uh, one, <clears throat> unless you believe human beings can change, you need to quit. Uh, mm. And if human beings can change, what are the conditions that are conducive to uh, fundamental change? Um, and what we think is that um, there has to be uh, a measure of depth of truth injected into the movement. Uh, and that's why we call it uh, a truth. Uh, and our conviction is that you really can't have justice unless the foundation of truth is built. Yeah. And you can't have healing and reconciliation unless there's justice. So uh, that's what we promote and promote it strongly. Uh, we've got uh, quite a few places around the state that we're having this discussion with. Um, and what we're trying to focus on uh, is base buildings, uh, grassroots social justice initiative. But I was blessed this morning I didn't know uh, all these student government presidents from years past would be there. Uh, and uh, so, by the way, Joyce, I got uh, the Bennett and A&T student government presidents yeah. agreeing on meeting with us uh, and to uh, build out what we are talking about doing this spring. Yeah. Um, Always organizing, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like I said, the chancellor came up. He was a student with me and was not in any movement. Uh, I can say that without fear of contradiction. Uh, he, was a, <laughs> he was an engineer, and uh, I understand he was a good one. But he uh, uh, surprised me this morning uh, when he said uh, how inspired he was that we organized uh, 5,000 people down to the Capitol to oppose the attack on uh, black schools, uh, cutting the budget and all that kind of thing. I've never heard anything like that come out of his mouth. But the lawyer who was defending the young man killed in Elizabeth City mm -hmm. was got the medal this year. He got oh, one beautiful. Of, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's from my county. So I mm -hmm. ran him and said, listen, bro. And uh, we got connected. Uh, he's handling that case. He's handling a case in Texas. Uh, he's from Enfield. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were just many people to talk to about the urgency of now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, unless uh, a lot of discussion went around, we got to get some people elected. I didn't disagree with that. But I was saying, unless you have a base that's rooted in a greater measure of truth, um, that uh, 
you know, uh, money is funding both sides uh, mm-hmm. in different ways. And that we've got to uh, stretch to appreciate that without negating what mm-hmm. some people are trying to do. Uh, you know, uh, money use you or you use money. Uh, yeah. it's, you have to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's uh, some of the, the best part of this morning was after the uh, speech given and so forth. Uh, you know, and this kids sang and it was, it was great. It was mm-hmm. uh, about 1,200 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my counting. So anyway, <laughs> that's what I've been doing uh, this morning. But I think to speak to this and uh, in the question you raised, I think it does start with believing in the human capacity to change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to believe that we live in a culture where people tend to get more energy off of what's wrong Mm. than over a sense of what's right and what's possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can start a discussion on the block about Mary Jo did this and did that. I mean, just negative energy, negative energy. How do we create positive energy Mm -hmm. and new possibilities? That's what we think. Uh, You have to build a movement uh, rooted in that and it has to be reasonably depthful. You can't, uh, uh, you know, people can't come in and give little uh, pop speeches and <laughs> and change people's mind. Uh, mm, mm. So anyway, let me stop. That's. that's I was thinking of, as you were talking, Reverend Nelson. I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, when we were in Atlanta. Reverend Barber quoted uh, that beautiful quote from from Dr. King about power and love. Right, that power without love is reckless and abusive and love without power is sentimental and anemic. And That's you right. know, at the center of that beloved community is this uh, truth telling power of love and, and they got to stay together. Right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And you got to help people see how it works and then make it work. Um, yeah. Just just talking about what's wrong is absolutely necessary. Mm. But talking about what's wrong without a vision of what Mm. is possible based on our unity. So we have this saying of that we have to walk toward each other in Mm. all of diversity. And we have to find creative ways to speak to the different slices of our Mm -hmm. population in a language that lands with them. And that help people to want to do better. And uh, yes, to challenge uh, whatever is wrong in our system, which is a lot, <clears throat> but actually tied to a vision of what is possible if we bring together the rich diversities of people uh, across all these ditches of historical division and uh, with mm. a clear agenda. I mm. think this is a lot of what the Poor People's Campaign is doing. We think that we're in a position to go deeper uh, because we're not trying to organize the nation. We're trying to organize uh, North, Carolina. North Carolina. And in that, we got about 15 places on our list and we have uh, got roots in uh, eight or 10 places. 
and we're going to build out from there. And they're urban and rural. We're being urban very conscious rural. about that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, it's a it's a gift to be with a couple of powerful love warriors in mm. prayer this morning. And thank you for right. sharing with uh, our, our community of of, of prayer uh, folks around the country here and around the world. And um, I'm, I'm just uh, believing that your commitment to uh, grow the beloved community there somehow by the spirit's power connects with, uh, you know, people's commitment to do it all over. And uh, right. these, these roots connect. And that's right. Heart to heart, breast to breast. I mean, that's, that's Yeah. Thank you all. Y'all are a gift. All right. Thanks to y'all. Let me apologize again. Uh, but uh, sometimes you just get caught up and can't get away. Oh, you were doing what you needed to do. That's all any of us can do. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Thank y'all. We'll, we'll close out. Yeah, we'll see y'all soon. And we'll close out with our closing prayer here. Thank y'all both. Nelson and Joyce Johnson down there in North Carolina. We love you. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Go ahead, Jonathan. Lord, help us to welcome every guest as if we were welcoming you, delighting in their presence and ready to learn what good news they bring to us. Amen. Amen. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Mm, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So we'll go in peace, y'all. And, and uh, just because we are uh, organizers as well as prayers, I want to remind everybody there is an execution scheduled today. And so we'll be hosting a vigil around that and every execution that happens this year. So uh, we're we're praying this morning and we're organizing this afternoon to stop the death Amen. penalty and all injustice. So love you, Nelson and Joyce. We, we'll see you soon. Thank you all for joining us. Bless you. Happy February. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.